psychopaths? Are they born or are they made? And how does all that happen? Does the environment matter when you're dealing with a psychopath? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I have a free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. If that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So just a quick note before I get started here, in order to save us all a little time and to make this go a little more smoothly as I'm teaching you about it, I'm not gonna mention the individual studies that I'm discussing during the broadcast, but you can check those out in the description below if you're interested. Just Google them if you wanna check them out for yourself. Anywho, psychopaths or people diagnosed with psychopathy are genetically predisposed to the condition or maybe, according to a number of studies, and some of the biggest include those done by Robert Hare, that guy that we talked about yesterday, who created the diagnosis standards for psychopathy. A number of studies have found that there's evidence of a biological basis for psychopathy, including the lack of empathy. How do we know this? Let's start by looking at the studies done on various sets of identical twins, each of whom share an identical set of genes. The twins that were studied were also raised separately. And we see that when one twin has an antisocial behavioral disorder, so does the other in most cases. So when one twin has antisocial behavioral history, so does the other in most cases. This is likely to lead to the idea that there is in fact a genetic predisposition for psychopathy and other ASPDs. But what is it about a person's genes that could make a person turn into a psychopath? And is it just the genes? Well, these twin studies have also shown that when it comes to psychopathic traits, including the lack of guilt and remorse, directly and carelessly using and abusing other people, and the lack of empathy, among other traits, well, all of these generated similar, similar results, all of these studies. So when one twin showed the traits, the other was also likely to do so. While it doesn't entirely confirm what researchers believe is true, it certainly doesn't negate it. One recent study found that kids as young as seven years old can demonstrate psychopathic qualities. That's scary, right? Even more recently, studies have been done on the brains of people who are psychopaths that have really cleared things up. After having cat skins done on a series of psychopaths, researchers noticed that the part of the brain usually associated with your emotions, especially the integration of emotion and thoughts with actions, doesn't operate the same way that a normal person's brain does. So for example, if you were to show a normal person a picture of something that most people would feel strong emotions about, like a mother holding her new baby, you know, right after birth, you guys know what I'm talking about. You ever see those pictures of on Facebook or whatever, they're still in the hospital bed, the mom just had the baby, that feeling, or a wedding, something that makes a normal person feel some kind of emotion. Normal people have this emotion center in their brain that kind of lights up when that happens. But when it came to showing the same images to a psychopath, that part of the brain never responds. There's literally no activity there. The emotional response appears dormant. And the same goes for a bunch of other emotions. The emotional areas of the brain just sort of stay dark for these people. They never show any activity. So at the very least, it looks like there's a genetic influence on the ability to experience empathy and to feel strong emotions such as guilt, empathy, remorse, or any emotions at all. Usually, of course, guilt, empathy, remorse, these are, these are the same emotions that would prevent most of us from killing or hurting another human being or doing something horrible to them. 
from committing violent crimes. This all adds up to the fact that there's most likely a biological component here to psychopathy. There's a biological component to psychopathy most likely. But while this might seem like a relief for some people, maybe a big problem for some people, it's really not as simple as that. See, because there are also other factors to consider, like environmental factors, or are there? Does the environment affect the development of a psychopath? That's the question. That's what we're going to talk about because studies on psychopathy definitely show some interesting facts here. So first, about half of the differences between psychopathic traits are genetic. That seems to suggest that there's also an environmental influence. And 40 to 60% of the variance between other personality traits and other personality disorders, when we're talking about those characteristics or those traits again, might reflect genetic factors as well, according to research. So what does that mean? Well, clearly psychopathy is a lot like those other traits and disorders in which genetic factors are important, but they don't explain everything. So while specific genes that are related to psychopathy haven't quite been identified yet, researchers also believe that there are multiple genes that may contribute to the development of a psychopath. So most diagnosable genetic conditions would involve multiple genes. So it's not like just one single gene that leads one to become a psychopath. So it's not like we could just isolate a certain specific gene. Another twins study examined the influence of the environmental factors and the psychopathic traits. How did the environmental factors influence the psychopathic traits and the development and expression of them? The bottom line there, I'm not going to go through all the details because you'll be bored, I'm sure, but the bottom line there is that the research proved that the environment and the way that they were treated, the individual people were treated by their parents and other people that were inside of that environment, has a pretty serious influence on the way a person turns out. We already knew this. Here's the thing. If a person is pre-genetically disposed to being a psychopath and these environmental factors are in place, then the development is almost certain. Whether or not a person is genetically predisposed is, is a factor. But it also, in order to have that expressed or in order to have that come out, a person needs to also have, in most cases, are these environmental circumstances. So that, stu that study actually led researchers to caution people and to say, listen, if you have at-risk children, if you see kids who are displaying antisocial behaviors young, or they are displaying poor impulse control too early, then, or in general, then you should take them to see a psychological or a psychiatric professional ASAP so that you could avoid or help prevent the development of a psychopath. What do you think about that? Tell me in the comments below, do you think that's a legitimate thing to tell parents or not? I, I worry that they would over-medicate some children. They, they were saying that the, in the studies that children as young as seven years old could be affected by psychopathy, which I found very interesting. So while sociopaths can be produced through just the environmental influence, not to mention the social ones, psychopaths must be, according to what we understand, genetically determined. And while both psychopathy and sociopathy are linked or similar, and while we're at it, NPD, under the big umbrella that is ASPD or antisocial personality disorder, there are various schools of thought that clearly distinguish the two. So the way that a person is brought up could cause a person to act like a psychopath but not be a psychopath, more, more directly a sociopath. And if you want, I can do another video on the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath, but I did one the other day about sociopaths, psychopaths, and narcissists, and what they had in common, and what they had 
that difference. So you could check that out if you're interested. So sociopaths then are more the products of the adverse environmental experience that affects their automatic nervous system and neurological development and that may lead them to physiological responses that are similar to those of psychopaths. Does that make sense? So antisocial personality disorder then and its umbrella is considered a legal and a clinical label that may be applied to both psychopaths and sociopaths. I find it all very interesting. Question of the day is, <laughs> the question of the day is, what would you add to this list? Do you know any psychopaths? Do you know any sociopaths? Do you know anyone like that? Share your thoughts in the comments below. Now, stay tuned for my next video because I'm going to talk about sex and the psychopath. And I think you're going to want to hear this one. All right. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. And that's all I've got for you right now. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean so much to me. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.